This is Ashley Hodge with the Sikkim 365 podcast, and I'm. It's awesome to be joined by Nikki Collin, head coach of Baylor women's basketball. And we did this last year, very popular feature on our website. So I really appreciate Nikki taking the time to do this again. Just go through the basketball roster ahead. Uh, hopefully, a much more fortunate year with injuries and eligibility. I know you're probably pretty excited about this roster you put together. Um, so you know, first of all, thank you. And and uh, how's your uh, spring been so far? You know, it's been busy. Um, I think with the nature of the portal and uh, you know just getting through this season, getting the the uh, current roster to through to and through finals and you know planning for the summer and a foreign trip like there's there's just a lot on on our plate but uh um it, it's been a good spring and and remind us uh, where are you going on the foreign trip yeah we're gonna go to um both italy and greece we're gonna do a little bit of rome and down uh to naples and the amalfi coast and then over to um, Athens for a couple of days and then we're going to fly over to Santorini and spend a couple of days in the Greek island. So, uh, and, uh, but, you know, really looking forward to getting the, the girls and everybody, um, out of the country to kind of enjoy the, the culture and the history. Yeah. That'll be an awesome trip. Is that in August or, uh, is, is that when you're yep, taking 10 it? days in, yep. 10 days in early August. Very cool. Well, let's go through the roster. Let's start in the backcourt. You've got, you know, some returning guards, you know, led by, of course, Sarah Andrews. You know, what's what's your expectations for her this year? Where does she need to improve? You know, what did you like uh, from what you saw the last uh, two seasons from her? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, her sophomore year, which was, was our first year, I thought she was really hungry to prove um, that she was kind of the dynamic point guard score facilitator. Um, that people had projected her to be coming out of high school. Um, you know, it obviously sat behind Didi and Moon and Dijanae and, and a really good guard group um, from the previous year. And so I just thought, you know, she was super hungry and was really, really solid in the backcourt with with Jordan um, Lewis her first year. And, and I think, you know, if she doesn't, you know, break her hand, um, you know, maybe our season finishes better. You know, she spent the first, the last month of her sophomore year um, not being able to do any offensive drills in practice. You know, we would have her jump in defensive drills. And so there, there's kind of a pattern like Sarah, um, you know, I thought showed in year two with us or her junior year that she was, you know, capable of being Batman at times and taking and making big shots and, you know, a big part of our success at Texas, at Kansas, at OU was was big plays, big shots, um, really controlling us in late game situations. Um, but but still dealt with a lot of injuries this year and and some carryover uh, from the previous season and and just getting banged up and missing practice and and really Sarah's at her best when she's getting consistent work in practice when right. she's getting extra workouts in when she's, you know, seeing, um, you know, really fully engaged in all the practice. Like I, I think it shows in her play. I think as every young player is, there are very few players until they're probably 35 years old that, that have played enough that they can just kind of show up and, and still be, be better than you. So, you know, I'm hoping that we can keep her healthy and, um, you know, all year long and, and that she can really be someone that, um, you know, can be both a point guard and, and give us a really good scoring option at the one as, as well as playing off the ball. And so 
Um, I think, you know, having gone from second team to first team, you know, I think it's, it's consistency, um, you know, across the board and, and not just scoring, but, but really facilitating leading. Um, and I, and I think the area where she can grow the most is at the defensive end. Does she impact us consistently at the defensive end? Yeah. Was there, um, I mean, depth issues were a problem both years. Um, you know, but I mean, is that, you think a lot of times that can, the defense can, can really suffer when you have to be on the court and you have to, you have to save yourself for offense. I mean, are you hopeful that, uh, with the depth that you're going to have this year that, that, you know, the players can just, um, go harder on the defensive end? Yeah, I mean, I think you can play differently defensively when you have more depth. I certainly feel like analytically, statistically, you know, our first year we were really, really good defensively. We were good protecting the rim. We were good um, giving teams one shot. You know, I thought this year we certainly weren't as good with our rebounding percentage. Uh, We weren't as disruptive, um, you know, and we didn't have the rim protection of a clean egg bow and an Alyssa Smith. And so – you know, I, I think sometimes it's depth, sometimes it's system driven. Um, but I feel like, you know, if we can keep people healthy and have more depth, it allows you to be more aggressive, um, you know, in your rotations, whether, you know, we had we had plans to do a little more pressing. And then that just kind of those are the type of things that hurt you depth wise. You know, you don't want to wear people out at 94 feet. Right. Um, I do. I do think that you know, um, playing good defense is not a product of, of depth. It's a, it's, it can be a product of like, are you competing on every possession? Are you resting? Are you choosing to rest? Not, um, you know, always that you're that tired, you know? And, and so some of that is, is mental, some, some physical. Um, but I'd like to believe that, you know, with the portal, we've added, you know, really good depth and, you know, both in the backcourt and the front court so that, you know, we don't get ourselves maybe in a situation where we, if we do have an injury or two, you know, that, that all of a sudden we're, we're back to having depth issues. Right. Right. And now, and Jana uh, Van Geitenbeek is a returner. You know, she got her feet wet last year, had some big moments. What's, what do you, where do you see her as far as her uh, progression as a basketball player? Yeah, I think, you know, Jana, um, she's a really competitive kid. She's an unbelievable culture kid in terms of how she shows up to practice every day. She's, she's probably the most positive person in the gym, um, which is really important from the guard spot. I think the tough part for Jan, and I I don't think people quite understand, you know, you, you're, you're a high school American and then you go somewhere. And even though you're playing on a national championship or a final four team, like she did her first two years at Stanford, when you don't get minutes, you don't have the same rhythm. You don't have the same natural confidence. You don't have the same swag. And I just think it takes time to get that back. And even though, you know, the whole idea of the one-time transfer and being able to be eligible right away, it's amazing what, you know, uh, like sitting a year in residence can do for players um, that haven't played. And that's different. That's different from a player who was a starter and leaves, you know, for, for other reasons. But when someone's coming somewhere because they, they, they want opportunity to play, it takes time to like kind of get that back. And I think, we saw moments um, from Jana where she was really, really good at the, the Big 12 tournament um, against Iowa State. But I think what she does best is shoot the basketball, and I don't think she shot the basketball well. The advantage she provided us is even though her analytics didn't say guard her, people did. People believed she could shoot it, you know. So our spacing was better when she was in. 
Um, you know, and I think so getting back to like sticking open shots, you know, being, you know, that in between being aggressive enough to be a playmaker at the same time, being safe enough to make good sound decisions, you know, really, really be on our, you know, P's and Q's with what we're doing offensively and defensively, understanding the system, you know, felt like that she was a small two guard for us this year. So as she kind of learns the system, can she be more of that energy driven, you know, point guard, um, combo guard, you know, that, that we think she's capable of. Right. Yep. So you got, I mean, we have two, you know, if we're just looking at maybe the smaller guards or, you know, mm-hmm. Yaya Felder coming in from Ohio and then you got Jada Walker from Kentucky, you know, what's, what do they bring to the table? You know, obviously Yaya put up some big stats at, at Ohio. Uh, Jada had a good season at Kentucky. What, where do you see them fitting, you know, what you're trying to do? Yeah, I think Yaya is, is a, is a playmaker. I mean, she's, she's a player that, um, she's a little different than anybody we've had the last two years. She's really good playing off two feet, um, playing into you, getting to the foul line. You know, she really does score at all three levels, um, you know, can really get cooking from three, but, you know, has a little shake and swag to her game and will make a pull up. Um, the thing that I really like about her, she gets to the foul line. We just, you know, Jordan Lewis was someone that got to the foul line for us and we really haven't had a guard. Um, consistently get to the line outside of of Jordan in the two years I've been here. So something we were really looking for is a player who can go get her own, but, you know, she's someone that wants to prove herself on a bigger stage, Um, did put up big numbers, was a good teammate. Um, Coaches had nothing but great things to say about her character, her work ethic, you know, kind of a true gym rat that was a little bit the product of COVID in terms of her recruiting um, really improved her academics when she was at, at Ohio because that was a piece of it coming out of high school. Um, so I think the fans are going to be excited about her. You know, like I, I'm I'm someone that compares people. I think she's got some Raquana Williams in her um, with maybe a little more ball skills. Um, certainly maybe not a, a popular name in Waco in terms of someone that everybody knows, but, you know, a player that, that can really go get her own. Um, and, and get really hot really quickly. And so, um, you know, I think the thing for her is, you know, we've got to get her to defend at a high level. Um, I think she was kind of the primary scoring option and, and probably um, is going to have to amp up, you know, her, her defensive um, intensity and, and uh, you know, but then Jada Walker, a player that, you know, just they, they've both been productive. I mean, Jada was incredibly productive even – you know, in a, in a great season, you know, when she's playing alongside Dre and Ryan Howard and they win an SEC tournament championship to kind of year two for her at Kentucky where they, they really struggled and, and finished, you know, in the bottom third of the league. And um, she had to be more of a scorer for them. And, you know, she she's some she's someone that, you know, can can create energy at the defensive end, um, going to can have to get consistently better and in, in ball screen coverage on the ball um, where she's great is off the ball, you know, rotating, stealing, you know, was the steals leader um, in the sec, which is saying something in a league full of athletes to, you know, kind of be an impact at that end. She'll get a steal. She'll take a charge. Um, so I think she's someone that, you know, really wants to grow in, in kind of that, that point guard position. She's played very much combo guard. And so wants know knowing, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm not a really super tall kid. I'm probably not, if I want to play at the next level, I'm probably not 
you know, a, a swing player. So how, how do I, you know, really get better at being a point guard? And so I think that's the maturation process for her is understanding what we do, getting really good in ball screens offensively, um, you know, learning to kind of make all the reads. But but a player that has had huge games against big-time opponents like an LSU, a South Carolina. So there's, there's like a fearlessness um, you know, as well as being a lefty, which is always, you know, sometimes uh, an, it can be an advantage. Yeah. Well, before we talk about the uh, strength of the team, I, in my opinion, it, you know, the positionless guard forwards you have, and you got some some great depth there. Um, you know, Danae Fritz is one of those. It's a, it's a longer guard. Uh, had a really, you know, great season at Iowa State. You know, competitor, great defender. What's what's what does she bring to the table, and how do you see her fitting in with the uh, with the other pieces that you've assembled? Yeah, I love that Danae knows our league already. I think she's got a, a toughness about her. Um, you know, an underrated defender for them. Took on a lot of tough challenges like Maddie Williams um, in our league, and I thought was was really really good. Um, kind of better than than people people don't think of Iowa state as like this, this defensive juggernaut. I think what they, they always are is really um, good at scouting report D and understanding their opponents and taking strengths away and, and making teams play to their weaknesses. And I, but I think she's someone that, you know, will really get after it at the defensive end. I think, you know, at Iowa state, they're, they're very analytically driven. They're very layups and threes. And I, I think at times, you know, she didn't get tons and tons of touches, but I thought she, hit big shots and a lot of big games, including against us um, in their win against Texas. She had big shots late, but I think she's a capable mid-range shooter, um, you know, and, and and I think what I like the most about her, she's just a winner. Like she just, there's a, there's a toughness. She's, she's not afraid to play the game physically, um, but it's not dirty, but you know, like every team needs players who have a little swag, have a little toughness. And so I just, I just like that she can be a big two. She could play the three, you know, in a pinch. She's, she's tough enough to play the four if you had to slide her down and, and really wanted to stretch the D or, or needed to in a time and score situation. And so I think she's someone that, that has a high basketball IQ and you can move ar- around. And I don't think, you know, that like sometimes for players learning more than one position is super difficult. I think she's a player that's, that's going to do that pretty seamlessly. Yeah, awesome. that's awesome. All right, so you had two, you know, very talented freshmen, got a lot of time. Uh, Dariana and uh, Bella both, you know, had huge moments for you last year. Now they're a year older. I, I know the old basketball coach quote is the best thing about freshmen is they become sophomores. Uh, you know, where do you see them, you know, this summer, you know, taking the next step uh, in their in their games and, and uh, you know, give us a little insight into what – where, what your expectations are for them. Yeah, you know, they, they both need some of the same things and, and some different things. I think fundamentally it's footwork. Um, you know, both of them had a tendency to travel, you know, kind of on their rip drives and at times around the rim. Um, you know, I think, you know, Bella did a good job making threes for us this year. Um, shot a, a really solid percentage, especially for a freshman, but it, it becomes like, okay, when people close out on you, can you rip it? Can you go one or two dribbles? Can you get to balance? Can you draw a foul? Um, you know, kind of the simple plays off the bounce, you know, it's, it's not about like, can you, you know, dribble crossover, you know, make a jump shot. It's, can you make the three? 
Um, you know, can you drive it? Can, can she get to the point where we can post her as a three, you know, and she learns to play and have a good pivot foot. Um, you know, there were times that we posted her at the three and she just kind of turned into smaller defenders and they took it from her. So right. really understanding, you know, kind of how to use her body because she's, she's very strong for a young player. Like she's naturally strong. So learning to play with balance and poise and, and, you know, I thought, you know, she began to understand as the season went along schemes and what we were doing and, and a little better why we were doing it. A really good pick and pop player. Um, but I think someone that can, you know, we thought she was going to play a lot of three to start the season. And then that, you know, really didn't come to fruition um, because once once we had our injuries, it, it was just it wasn't in the cards um, for us this year. So so having the ability to move her back and 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 be a spacer at the three and poster at the three and let her play off the pitch um, at the three, you know, I mean, she's got a lot of growth if she's going to come off ball screens, um, not necessarily a strength of hers yet. Um, but, but that doesn't mean she can't play off uh, a pitch and a handoff and in some simple things that you see in the pro game all the time to help when you, when you play big and you play different, um, but but really proud of the season she had. Obviously, Bugs was unanimous, you know, all freshman team and was was pretty consistent all season long in terms of her energy, her effort. You know, I thought when she came off the bench, she would very typically get a rim run layup pretty quickly when she'd go into the game. As people got tired, you know, she does a good job of of playing through fatigue and and always pursuing the ball. You know, her biggest area for growth is is in the weight room, getting stronger, um, stronger core. She gets her hand on a lot of balls, like being able to to pull pull those rebounds in, not just get a piece of them, um, not just get them and then have them pulled away, but but really, you know, going and getting them and whether it's finish a play or get an offensive rebound and, and kick it out to a, another possession. I think strength in terms of taking a bump on the drive or taking a bump around the rim, um, you know, and then for her, she was really good. I mean, she was over a point per per shot, um, you know, but the majority of that was inside five feet, right. you know. And so um, getting her to consistently, I know I know we want to get her, get her to the point that she consistently knocks the three down, but I think her game will be ultra effective if she just, you know, gets to the point where she consistently knocks, you know, that 15 to 17 footer down, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's not, you know, hard to look at shot charts and know, hey, you know, she was well over a point per shot inside of five feet, you know, well under half a point per shot outside of five feet. So how do we do a good job getting her back to making that that elbow jumper, those short corner jumpers, you know, and, and getting her confident in her pivot foot so that, that when she does then make those and get up, gets a close out, um, that she's attacking. Um, but I think someone that really, I think with both of them, you know, they, they were, they had this ultimate challenge of being um, two of the few freshmen that even played, yeah, you know, yeah. in our league this year and, and not just um, the minutes they got, but how valuable they were and how impactful they were and who they had to guard. They had to guard the Ashley Jones and Maddie Williams and Brianne Scotts and, you know, these fifth year seniors who are really, really talented offensively. And so, I just think, you know, the the part of the whole the best thing about freshmen is that they become sophomores. It's really about their their confidence because they get it. You know, they they've been through it. They now understand um, you know, what they need to work on to be better, really understand it because now they've been through it. They also understand our terminology, they understand, 
you know, like it's just the game's not coming at them. Um, you know, it, the, the, the concept of drinking from a fire hose, I, I think that is a little bit how freshmen feel um, when it comes to the offensive schemes, the defensive schemes, the player personnel, like what, are, what does this kid do? Well, it's, you know, and, and, and as soon as you are put on a scattering report that, you know, Hey, they're vulnerable to back cuts, you, you, you're going to get back cut, you know, and, right. and you've, you've got to make that transition to, okay, I'm not going to get back cut. So, you know, I think it's those, those are the keys for them. You know, they, they have some similarities in terms of, of where their growth needs to happen and, and some very different, you know, I think it's, it's, um, but both of them need to take care of the basketball. I mean, they were both at about, you know, one assist to three turnovers and, and, you know, we've got to get them to, to be better at, you know, valuing possessions, taking care of the ball. And, and a lot of those were, were travels. Um, so doing a better job of, <laughs> right. of not being rushed and, you know, and, and look, travels are dead ball turnovers, but you know, this idea of being, being good pastors as well and being good decision makers. You probably didn't watch uh, much of her, um, but Nina Davis, is that, I, I mean, I just, I saw a lot of Nina Davis and Dariana, uh, you know, bugs last year. I mean, was she like, is that a pretty decent comparison? Sure. And I, you know, I, I've, I've watched um, Nina a lot. I mean, going back to, you know, her being a part of Tennessee flight AAU and watching her there and then obviously being, you know, a, a true undersized post in coach Mulkey's system, like, you know, I can still like I still think I could diagram they the play that they love to run where they clear out the side and let her catch it in the high post and drive it. You know, I think I think um Bugs has a chance to to be that kind of player. I think what Nina was was so good at taking a bump on the drive. Mm-hmm. Like she was a little bit undersized, but she was a super physical player. Yeah. So I would say that's the biggest difference in the two. Nina like search contact and you know Bugs is is more of a finesse, like wants to get around contact, right. and that's where you know growth in the weight room. Not that she's ever, you know, Bugs has a little bit of a a, a Kevin Durant body type. You know, she's never going to suddenly like bulk up, you know. But it's it's getting stronger through her core, getting better at taking a bump on the as you you know someone bumps you on a drive or or on a rebound, like kind of playing through that and not having it affect you nearly as much. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the two that uh, you were hoping to, would play last year, but because of injuries and eligibility, uh, we didn't get to see them. You know, they were two that were expected to be all-conference caliber players, Asia Blackwell and, and Dre Edwards. Uh, where do they stand? Where is Asia as far as um, her recovery process, and, and is Dre good to go um, for the season? Yeah, um, Asia, um, as most of our players are, are home in May, um, she's – She's rehabbing um, at home still, but getting back to a little more explosive. You know, we, we really just shut her down um, and tried to let her fully heal and then, you know, kind of uh, have a return to play protocol as the summer goes along and hopefully have her full go, um, you know, by the time we were practicing, you know, for, for Italy and Greece. But, um, yeah, I mean – People saw a little bit of Asia last year, but less than 100 minutes yeah. <laughs> total. Um, and so, you know, really didn't. And then even some of those minutes as she tried to return weren't weren't the Asia Blackwell that we know or, right. or that everyone expected. And so, you know, I think someone that plays with 
you know, a little bit of that Nina Davis reckless abandon, you know, wants to hit you first, um, you know, seeks contact, is super physical and aggressive, um, you know, a, a really good rebounder. Um, and so, you know, I, I think the thing for her was, you know, she shot a high percentage from three um, at Missouri her junior year with the goal being like, okay, you're, you're really good from there. Like, let's, let's get to a little bit more volume, um, you know, and, and I think that's something um, that she can actually be really, really good at is, is shooting the three and then being able to balance that out when people close out on her and, and do what she still, her first instinct is to do, and that's attack you. Right. Um, you know, I, I think I think someone that, you know, I, I would describe, she's not quite as tall. Um, she shoots it better, but, you know, Alyssa Thomas is a player I coached in the WNBA that played at Maryland that just has the ability to defensive rebound and get out in transition and be a playmaker. Um, you know, AT is one of the best passing forwards I've, I've ever coached or coached against and, and – Maybe maybe her and Candace Parker and and I think, you know, that's where Asia needs to grow her game and and being someone that can facilitate because she's such a she's such a willing attacker, you know, making good drop passes, interior passes, inside out passes, and so, um, you know, we just we just haven't really gotten to work with her since November, you know, so it's been so long, you know, in terms of our ability to get her out there and. So it's going to be, you know, a reacclimation process for her of of getting comfortable, um, you know, getting in shape and us doing it the right way, um, so she doesn't have setbacks. But um, certainly, someone we're excited to to see back out there. Um, Dre, I mean, she just she's just a hooper. I mean, she's a kid that that you can play almost anywhere. Um, you know, our best low block player in practice. I mean, no one could really guard her on our team on a low block. Um, even though she's undersized, she has a unique uncanny ability to use her body to shield. She drives people under the rim and gets offensive rebounds. Um, you know, she can score with either hand and, and isn't afraid to put the ball on the floor from the perimeter. But, you know, the, the good part about her, um, you know, kind of not being able to play this year was playing on the scout team. And one day, she was playing the two guard and one day she was playing the point on the other team. And some days she was playing the five. And so, you know, that gave her the ability to work on, you know, Hey, your handle isn't good enough. Like if you want to eventually be, you know, more of a perimeter player, like you, you got to be able to handle it, you know, and you've really got to work on that. And, um, you know, gosh, she, she played Brittany Davis really, really well before we played Alabama. Now, we, we certainly didn't stop Brittany Davis from scoring. Um, but, you know, Dre was someone that we could kind of move around and, and give that, um, you know, whoever the other team's best player was, your, your Ashley Jones today, your Brittany Davis the next day. And so, um, you know, someone that, that I'm excited to coach because she her, her basketball IQ is similar to Caitlin Bickles. Like yeah. she just – she understands the game and she understands opponents and she understands she's a great screener. And there's, there's a lot of parts of her, her game that are um, similar to Caitlin. The area that she's probably better is she's just a better low block score. She's a, you know, like she's just, um, she's more of a natural score than Caitlin where Caitlin was, was, was such a great facilitator. And then, you know, scored when she needed to, but, you know, wasn't someone that you just worked the ball to on the low block. And so I think, 
you know, we'll be able to move Dre around based on who's guarding her, you know, in terms of, of how we can really utilize her best. Um, you know, and she's, she's not the biggest, she's not the strongest, she's not the quickest, but she's really smart on defense. And so she understands angles and how to meet somebody early and not let them get their spot. And, and, you know, so I think her growth is going to be perimeter defense, perimeter decision-making, um, you know, in those areas that she really wants to stretch her game. You mentioned Jana just being a positive energy giver and, you know, just uh, bringing, you know, great attitude to practice every day. I only watched one practice last summer, but I, I you know, I was talking to Jeremy, a uh, strength and conditioning coach and, and he said, I just love that kid. She just got uh, about Dre, yeah. you know, that she just has such a positive energy about her and has a smile on her face every day, you know, just loves the game. Like you said, I mean, did you yeah, see that? I think even that's through? it. She just yeah. loves, she loves basketball. And I think Yaya is like similar, similar that way. Like they just, I think they're happiest being in the gym, you know? And I think that part of it, um, you know, and I think, I think Dre had moments this year, you know, where she, she didn't have that just because, you know, when, when you're, um, when you have unmet expectations, um, which players go through, whether they think they're going to play a lot and then they don't play a lot, or they think they're going to score a lot and then they struggle to make shots. I mean, it's, it's always difficult. There are hurdles in a season for different players and, you know, it wasn't easy to be, um, sit out all year. Like, right. I mean, we knew that was a possibility, but it was, it was still hard, you yep. know? And so I think, you know, even this spring, there was a renewed sense, you know, and she was so, she's always such a good recruiter, um, when we have players on campus, um, because she is so inviting, engaging, and, and she wanted players to make her senior year the best year it could be, you know, she, she welcomes competition, but wants us to be really, really good, you know? And so, um, she's not one of those players. Recruiting can be this this tough um, balance between, you know, you're you're bringing someone in on a visit, and players are either gonna think, wow, that's competition for me, or that's gonna make us better, <laughs> right. you know. And it's the great teams, the great teams, view competition as a positive yeah, thing right. and anything that makes the team better. But it's hard to not also prioritize yourself, sure. you know. And how does that player affect my ability to get minutes and? And so players that can really put that aside and say, I want this player to have a great experience on their visit and, and we'll, we'll let the, you know, the competition happen on the court. It doesn't, you know, that's, that's when you've, to me, that's just in general, a recipe for success because players are who sell your program. Yeah. You know, we can do the best presentation we can, but you know, it's, it's that, that share the buy-in what they want, you know, what they're willing to work for. And like, in some ways who we are as a staff, you right. know, and what it's like to play for us. Like, you know, if I'm trying to sell too hard, how much I care about players. Um, I think that's really hollow. The people that sell that are our players. Right. The people that are going to sell me are my staff. It's not me saying, Hey, I'm really good. You know, it's, it's people on the outside saying, you know, we've watched her work or we've worked with her before. Or, we've had players, you know, like this is, that's how you sell yourself. It's, it's not truly, I, I just think it's, and I'm not wired that way anyway. So um, yeah, I think Dre is someone who's just her, her energy and her personality um, and kind of her goals now, you know, I mean, she came here to win. She came here, you know, to get better. And, and now she's back in that mode of, Hey, what, what do I have to do? You know? And I, and I think there was, there was some up and down to that, um, which is, 
not shocking, you know, but what I thought she did a great job is, is connecting to Baylor in other ways through her joining sorority. And I mean, she, she really, you know, engaged in the Baylor community in ways that, you know, a lot of times players don't do over their career. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. We, we love that about you that you're not a self promoter. Uh, Kat, let's talk about Kat. She's, um, uh, someone that, you know, we saw some good minutes at times, you know, what's where she made the adjustment coming from junior college. Uh, what do you see from her this summer? Yeah, I think she, she just needs to, um, you know, she was having a really great fall, um, last fall. And then I think classes caught up with her, the transition caught up with her, um, you know, and it's it's about reprioritizing the right things. Um, I think she's got a lot of talent. I think she um, did such a good job early of picking up, you know, what we were, you know, I, I think going back to the tip-off, you know, kind of luncheon type thing, people had asked me, like, who was going to be the biggest surprise, and I, I really thought it was going to be her. But yeah. sometimes when you struggle, just like good days add up, the opposite can happen. Right, and when right. you, when you start to, you know, and then you almost can't get out of your own way. So for her, it's about clean slating. It's about, Hey, the, 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 the buildup I had between last summer and the fall, um, you know, I, I need, I need to start there, but I need to get better, you yeah. know, and I, I need to, you know, prioritize like sometimes like life gets in the way and it's, it's, I think she's a, a really good kid. She had a good spring academically, you know, so just kind of resetting because she is really, really talented. She was someone that did some things that nobody else on our team did in terms of her ability to attack baseline and Euro step and do some pretty spectacular things. And, and then, you know, kind of decision-making got in the way. So just getting her to simplify, make open shots when they're there, you know, and, and, and really use her length defensively. I think she could be a difference maker defensively. Um, you know, if she's, she's really motivated to, to get there. So, you know, I, I think just a reset for her and, and she has a chance to be, be pretty darn good. Awesome. All right, let's move to the post. Uh, Madison Bartley coming in from Belmont. I, I know we texted and you mentioned that, you know, she has some similarities to Caitlin. Uh, what's, you know, where do you see her role? Is it going to be that, you know, Caitlin, do a lot of the dirty work, make threes, you know, take charges. I mean, is that, is that where she uh, really excels? Yeah, I think she's, um, you know, one of the things we, we were, we were really looking for in the portal this spring, just like generally speaking was productivity, you know, like we're not guessing right. like what we're not projecting what they might be capable of. No, they've already proven. And whether that's in the Mac, um, or the OVC, which became, I know they moved into the Missouri Valley this year with Belmont, but, you know, players, Belmont had played great schedules. She'd played against Tennessee. She'd played, you know, against high, high level competition. And, you know, she's, she's someone that I think once again, I, I would say like in, in, in terms of Caitlin, you know, Caitlin was such an unbelievable high post facilitator for us. And, and I don't, you know, it's hard to say because everyone runs different stuff and, and Belmont was a big time high ball screen, um, you know, offensive team. And so she either, you know, caught it in transition early. I think one of the things she does the best is she's a consistent rim runner um, and gets easy buckets and early post-ups in transition. Um, and you always love that. Any post that's willing to rim run, if it, if it means holding the guard in the hole, 
and you get a three because you've got a post running hard. You know, she's she's just a player that that's that's going to dictate tempo um, with how she runs, but she can also trail and shoot the three. So, you know, she's she's just a versatile post that can be um, a face up five, that can be you know a scoring low post four. Um, you know, but but understands the dynamics of ball screens. They did it a little bit differently than us, but I think can be a great screener. Um, I think she is more of a low post scorer. Like, you know, I, Caitlin wasn't someone we just said, hey, run down, post up, and we're going to throw it to you. Right. Madison actually was someone that Belmont, you know, would. And, and a lot of times it was early offense, and they ran, if they weren't running high ball screen, they were running a lot of Princeton chin action. And so – She's used to ball movement, player movement. I think she's going to make it. It'll be an easy transition for her in terms of what we do, even though it's not exactly the same. Um, I think she can thrive in a pick and pop, a pick and roll. I think she can catch, rip, drive. I think there's just like a, a fundamental, um, you know, uh, balance to her game where, where she can make the open three, not that she's just like this machine from three but she can make the three she can play off the bounds she's a willing passer like I think she's played good team basketball at Belmont um and so I, I think it'll be an easy transition for her yeah awesome uh Kyla Kyla gave us some uh tantalizing you know look at what the potential is in that Texas game man she got she had some big <laughs> minutes in that game um you know what's where I think if I remember right correct me if I'm wrong wasn't she like 17 when she came to Baylor? She was, she was on the, yeah, she's, she's, yeah, she is, she is young. In fact, like we were still, you know, when, when you're not 18 yet, there are things that you can't do without a sign off from your parents, (laughs) you know? And so, um, yeah, she was super young. And, And I think the most not unusual with players that are tall and athletic and naturally strong, like, you know, needed a lot of development. Um, you know, we, we thought she had a chance to be really good and we still do. Um, but it takes, it takes development, you know, it really takes time. And, you know, she, she had some bad habits that we're still trying to clean up in terms of, Hey, you don't need to be complex in what you're trying to do around the rim because you're just so athletic. And so I thought as the season went along, she really embraced like, just even being a rim protector. Like when she got minutes, all of a sudden, you know, she was being more aggressive. I, I, you know, I said when we signed her, I think she's got a lot of Queen Egbo Mm. in her. Like she's um, got that natural strength and length and, and can make plays and she can be disruptive without blocking shots, you know, just walling up on people. Um, You know, she's, she's got, you know, strong shoulders and you know is 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 really athletic and so um you know but she can also step out and make a 15 footer and and so just getting her comfortable i thought you know she did as you know we threw her in we were we were obviously awful at oklahoma state but you know when i threw her in there she gave us a couple blocks and a couple baskets in a short period of time and then against texas with some foul trouble you know and just some depth concerns you know went to her and you know, made a couple layups and, and, you know, just competed, you know, it was about, in some ways it's about just not backing down because when you play Texas, it's, it's always more of um, a mental warfare type game and and physical than it is, 
you know, X's and O's. It's like, will you battle with them around the rim? Like, are they going to keep pounding, pounding you on the glass? And so I thought just the fact that she went out there and really competed and didn't look meek and, and worried about being out there was, it was a big step for her. So, you know, the tough part for that in that is sometimes like, now you've shown what you're capable of. Now I want to see it every day, right. you know? So it becomes about the consistency of how you practice and the consistency of how you show up, you know, because that's the difference between between being just an athlete who can make some plays and being a great basketball player. Are you going to stack good days? Are you going to compete every day and practice? Are you going to work on your game, you know, so that you can transition from a great athlete to a great basketball player? Yeah, no doubt. All right, let's finish the roster with uh, Letty, the McDonald's All American, uh, six foot seven. You know, what Biggs, I know sometimes take longer to develop. Uh, you know, is she, what do you see from her? And, and, uh, you know, is it going to be, uh, we got to be patient, you know, with, with the development of her, or is it someone that you think could come in and, uh, play right away? Yeah. I mean, I think it, it, you know, I think she can play. I think she, the thing about, um, Letty that was, um, probably really good for her in a lot of ways, like, Sometimes if you're a six, seven kid and, and you go to a typical small town high school or even, you know, you're you're going to be the only big kid you ever play against. And I think the fact that um, she went to Montverde Prep, you know, and, and won back-to-back Geico National Championships and played with six top Power 5 D1 kids each year um, – you know, she's had to learn to compete, right. You know, um, her, her coach just got the Jacksonville job. So, you know, and going to her practices, her, her high school practices were run like college practices. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that was good for her. I think she learned to compete. I think she's going to be a, a little bit ahead of a lot of high school kids because of that, um, because of like good coaching and, and already learning to play with really good teammates. Um, you know, and, and I think she could have, you know, scored 20 points a lot of places, but she scored like seven points a game. And you're kind of like, wow, well, is she, you know, but when you think about that team and there's a kid going to South Carolina and she averaged nine points a game and, you know, like they just, they, they were just so uber talented um, that, you know, being double digit score wasn't, wasn't the difference for them. And so I think she's someone that really can rim protect. I mean, not shocking at six, seven, but you know, I, I think she she understands how to rotate. She um, understands how to use her length. She has really good touch. She's a great free throw shooter, which a lot of times big kids, you know, we know it's like an adventure um, when they go to the line. But she's someone that I think will develop a three-point shot. Um, not that she can't take one now, but, I mean, really someone that, you know, you would allow to shoot it, not just can. Um, you know, but I think for her, it's about, you know, it's going to be about the, the toughness of the collegiate game, you know, not just being tall, but being physical, working early. Um, but I think she already has played in pick and roll systems now where she understands how to roll behind and keep it high and, um, not someone that's a Kalani Brown type at six, seven, you know, that you're just going to say, okay, go bury, use your body and bury people and lay right. it in. Um, you know, she's going to be a little bit better in the pick and roll early and we'll have to develop, you know, that the physicalness of the, the low post game or rolling and playing to a high low out of that. I think she's probably better at throwing it up to her rather than 
playing to deep seals. And so, you know, it's just, it's going to be a different look for us. Like sometimes our players want to, because we're not very, our guards weren't very big. They want to bounce pass. We've, we've got to learn to be better at throwing high to Kyla and Letty because they can, they're both good at going up and getting it, you know, and, and throwing it to an area that only they can get it. So um, something that we'll, that we'll work on, you know, in the summer. So yeah, re- really excited about, you know, how she's played and the confidence you know, she was someone that that tore ACL as a sophomore yeah. and was a little was a little slow to get back, I felt like, you know, and was in between schools. And and so because of that, sometimes can the the rehab can lapse. But I feel like now I don't see any sign, you know, that she's dragging a leg or, you know, and I thought her junior year, she was still trying to catch up that way. And and I think she got in really good shape this year and, and started to kind of show a little bit more. Uh, consistency to our to our offensive and defensive game. Awesome. Hey, thank you, Nikki. Um, I I told you forty five minutes, but I do have some message board questions. You got five or ten minutes to. I, sure. I, I'll pick and sure. choose. Okay. Um, I'm gonna. Okay. There's some that have multiple questions, but I'll just ask one per per person. Okay, Brian, one of the site owners uh, says that uh, gaining length in the portal at, at guard seemed to be a priority. How do you expect the defense to improve as a result? Yeah, I mean, hopefully we'll be able to be more aggressive defensively, um, you know, create more turnovers, a little bit more offense off of our defense with length, with our – now it becomes a little easier to switch certain things. You know, it's very hard to switch when you're playing three small guards all the time. So, um, you know, it's 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 sometimes hard to um, really get good offensively against switches, especially if you don't know they're coming the, – Sometimes UConn, when they'd switched up with us, it bothered us. Other times we, we we were able to exploit it, whether it was a matchup or situation. But, you know, I think I think that will help us. And I also think a bigger component of that is we should rebound the basketball better. Um, you know, we just didn't rebound the basketball well from our guard, our guard spots. And, you know, and that's when you don't have a dominant – defensive rebounding presence at the four five, not that Caitlin didn't rebound and Bell and Bugs didn't rebound, but when you don't have the big cleanup players and you need your guards to really rotate and rebound, um, I think we should rebound the basketball better. You look at some of Baylor's really good teams, Didi was such a great defensive rebounder. Right. Moon was a great defensive rebounder. So DeJane was a great defensive rebounder. So getting guards that'll go get the ball and make sure that you're only giving up one shot. Well, and, and, and Asia and Dre should make a huge difference on the, I mean, they're, they're proven Absolutely. rebounders. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, this is Texas Rainmaker NIL. There's a lot of questions on NIL. NIL is making recruiting more of a challenge. Do you think Baylor and the big 12 can continue to compete in this area? Um, I know you've got to kind of be careful about what you say, but um, just in general, what are your thoughts? And, and uh, are you, are, are you confident that we're making some strides in that area? I do think we're making some strides. I don't think we were, you know, the first mover in this area. And I think we've been playing catch up. Um, but I think we've, we've made good progress lately. Um, you know, in terms of an understanding of it's, it's here, right. you know, and will there be eventually caps put on it? I don't know. You know, it's certainly, I, I feel like the first year, nobody knew that much about it. And then it really became the wild, wild west. And now, now there's these expectations around it. Um, you know, I'll be, I'll be curious to see um, if people start doing FOIAs um, 
you know, to find out what really is happening, you know, um, because, you know, <laughs> it's a new world out there when, when players are now having to pay taxes and you're, right. you know, there, there's an educational component to this as well. Um, you know, but also getting people to understand that, um, you know, the main thing that has to stay the main thing, right. you know, and, and your, your name image and likeness is, is most closely tied to like, are you a great basketball player? Are you great at your craft? And so, um, you know, really, you know, kind of work, walk in that tightrope of, you know, being understanding it's here to stay respecting the, the concept of it, but also, you know, I, I think, you know, it, it, we, it, we have to play the game, you know, we absolutely have to play the game. Like it's the, the landscape has changed in the two years. I got hired two years ago. You know, it's crazy. A month after I got hired, you know, Oklahoma and Texas announced they're going to the sec and it's like, okay, what's going to happen to the big 12? Like right away, right, you're like, right. all right. And then, you know, in July NIL starts and, and nobody quite knows where, where is this going and where is it going to go with women's basketball? And, you know, certainly I, I've talked to coaches like in, in for a lot of the Olympic sports, you know, it hasn't hit the same way as it has for football, men's and women's basketball. So, you know, it's, it's a different, it's definitely a different world out there and, and you're either going to adapt and change or you're going to get left behind. So I think as a university, as an athletic department, that's just something we have to, we have to evolve and grow because it, it is here and it's going to be the difference between competing and not competing. All right, Scotty B, how much of a challenge will it be to shorten playing time for the starters when you have a deeper bench than in the past? Yeah, um, you know, I don't it every team's different and you know, I hope I hope I have that problem. I really I really do. Um, you know, because it's it's not something that, you know, we've we've had the luxury. I, I look <laughs> back at you know, I had a goal my first year as a head coach in the W with the dream that I wasn't going to have a single starter average 30 minutes a game um, with the goal being like, hey, you're going to get to the playoffs. You're going to, um, you know, have these stretches of, of five games in, in nine days and those type of things. And, and if I can keep them fresh, then, you know, if I've got to go to a shorter bench late in the season, they're not worn down. You know, they can give you 35 if they haven't played, you know, 35 all season long. So, you know, I'm not saying I'm, I'm at that point. Um, you know, I, I really feel like until we get them out there in, in June and July and, and really start to work them like, and there's maybe some separation in terms of who and when and why and where. Um, but I don't think it'll be hard um, because I think it, it makes it, it makes players play harder right. when they know that um, they're not conserving when they know if they're not giving it and playing as hard as they can play, that there is a sub there for them. Like there is, um, you know, the bet, the best way um, to motivate players is, is playing time and competition. And I think that's the best motivator in the game. Like you're not playing hard, you know, you, you can, you can sit over here and, and, and reset, and so I think when you are playing hard, then you do need more breaks. And so I think as long as, um, you know, we're getting good effort, you know, then, then it'll be a really good problem to have and to sort through. Yeah. Yep. All right. Billy Hoover, no questions, just a comment. Very happy with the job you and your staff are doing. Tremendous energy and enthusiasm. Only great things will happen in the future. Sick them. Uh, BU 71. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> 
now, there's a lot of questions we've already answered about NIL and, and, and the uh, depth of the roster. So he just says, thank you for the fine job you've done so far. Uh, Adriakis uh, Paratune, he says, um, he's got a few questions, but this one is um, one we haven't covered. Um, what do you, what do you, what's your ideal rotation size? Are you like, Hey, if we can, if we got 10 that, that are good, let's play 10. I mean, uh, you know, that's probably pushing the limit there. Is it, is it eight, nine, you know, 10, what's, what's your, in, in an ideal world, no injuries. What do you like? Yeah. I mean, it's, I think, um, it, it, it depends, you know, like I, I think, I think you can play nine and 10, um, in the preseason, um, I think when you get into the the crux of the season and you're only playing two games a week and you're playing a fairly consistent Wednesday, Saturday, or you know you're you're going to have a Tuesday mixed in there. You're going to have a big Monday TV game, but ultimately, you know when when you think about how do you create continuity and rotation, I think for me it's 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 more about you know, do players understand like, Hey, I go, I'm going to go hard for X amount of time. And then I'm, I'm going to come out, but I'm going to get to go back in, you know, it's not, it's not just, okay, I I'm performing or not performing. Therefore I'm going to play or not play. Um, I think, I think players play their best when they, they know their role and they, they anticipate when they're going to get to go in or when they're going to rest. And so you know, I can say eight's a great number. Um, it, it really is. I think nine is, is a realistic number um, to get a lot of people minutes. Um, I think when you start talking about 10, um, I think it, it gets a little tougher to um, have consistency of rotation. Right. Like I think with nine, you can still, hey, you can be a three and a four and we can, we can move and we can move a position up and down here, there. Um, you know, but I, but I think the separation usually happens, you know, kind of between, you know, eight and nine, um, you know, but if, if we have 10 that are going to make us better, it's not like I'm not willing to, to work on, you know, I'm not like a, Hey, first unit, second unit. I mean, there's times when an Arizona state with Charlie Turner used to do that, you know, and you were just played crazy deep defense. I think, I think that's tough. I just think there's there's continuity um, that's important. Like, okay, you know, like if if Sarah's playing the two and and you know I sub, Sarah can push down to the one, and you know then you 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 can kind of you, know, you can get away with four guards for three positions and just keep everyone you know almost playing the same amount. Yeah. But you know I also think um, you know you you can do the same thing in the post, but. I think our team has the ability to, to morph in different ways this year where, um, you know, I, I wouldn't say like, oh, I only want four guards to play three positions. It's, you know, what what's what's our advantage today, yeah. you know, and how are we – and if you're pressing more, then, you, you know, it's easier to sub more. And if you're, you know, being more aggressive defensively, um, you know, and so I, I think I would still say between eight and nine, um, but – you know, you, you could definitely, um, you know, you look at box scores around the country. I always think it's amazing when people talk about, well, they don't play this person. They don't play that person. You look at the average box score around the country and there are exceptions to this. Absolutely. South Carolina was an exception because of the the level and depth, the talent they had, but most teams play seven players. Right. Right. 
you know, I mean, really, you look at the end of the, uh, the, how many minutes people played off the bench, even if they played eight or nine, did that eight and nine play four minutes and six minutes, you know, and you really had two people consistently come off the bench and get double figure minutes. And so, um, you know, I mean, you, you look at, I mean, even in our own league, like, yeah, Ashley Jones and Lexi Donarski and Emily Ryan were going to play 38, 39 every single game, you know? And so it's, it's sometimes it's how you play. And, and if you're, you know, they were a fairly passive defensive team. So maybe they're conserving a little bit um, and then able to, to do really well what they do. But um, you know, I, I, there aren't a lot of teams that play a lot of players. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. All right, this was uh, Jacob uh, RW09. Um, you you have you have two of your kids are going to Baylor this year, correct? Incoming freshmen. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So so um, I know you. It's been a tough transition, just as far as you know. You're back and forth to Atlanta a lot. Uh, is that going to be a welcome change? Just having them closer and and uh, you know more less less uh, time on planes. You know, back and forth. A hundred percent. Like <laughs> I I can tell you. Um, you know, especially, you know, Reese did make, make the all girls cheer squad. So she will um, be a part of the Baylor spirit squad. And, oh, cool. and uh, so the fans will see her on the sidelines and, and um, you know, it's so crazy because it was two years ago when I took the job and my daughter Reese, like it was all we could do to get her on the plane to come to the press conference. Mm-hmm. Like it just, you know, and so to see this, you know, talking to Javon and, even even running into Jerome Tang, um, he was the first to comment, you know, when he saw me at the Big 12 basketball meetings last week, like, wow. Like, he's like, I remember meeting Reese and, you know, her saying, there's not a cheer gym within 60 miles of Waco and, you know, this, that, and, and, and the other. And he's like, I couldn't even argue with her because she was just, she had it all figured out. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think I think for me, I think it's 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 the idea of, I think what, the biggest challenge at times you work so much in coaching and, you know, even when you're, when you're at quote home, how much of, how much you miss. I mean, it's just part of the sacrifice of doing this job. Um, but I think sometimes the challenge is big win, tough loss, not having anyone in the stands, not having anyone yeah. to grab dinner with, not, you know, like I, I, I'm a nail biter. And so one of the things, you know, talking to my daughter yesterday, being home was like, Maybe we have a, you know, and, and, and she, she does the same thing. I'm like, maybe something we can do and be committed to is, is getting our nails done once every three weeks or something so that, but you kind of create this, this, you know, routine, um, you know, but I I think it's, it's a really cool thing because a part, I've had so much mom guilt for the last two years and, and it's not like I won't continue with, with my youngest and a little bit, but you know, it's just to have them both there and there for Mother's Day weekend and and uh, how excited Reese was to make cheer. It was like some of that mom guilt evaporated a little bit overnight and this idea that, okay, you know, most people, their kids go away to college and now, now it's almost like they're coming home. Right, and right. so maybe I've lost, you know, some of the last two years, but now I'm going to gain like a different period in their life, you know, where I can be more actively involved. And so, yep. so it's, it's, it is really, really exciting. And and I think it's going to make Logan want to be around more. So, so maybe they'll travel to me more than I have to travel. <laughs> home. So, yeah. yeah, that's cool. 
All right. Uh, did, um, this is a slime cap. Uh, where does Danae rank on the BU team for category of speed? Is she one of the faster players um, that we have coming coming in, or do, I guess you don't? Is that an unknowable question to they get here? And I would say that one's like really tough for me. Yeah. I don't think that you know I I wouldn't necessarily say like oh my gosh she's so fast. Like it's just now I don't think that I, Iowa State pace wise they took sometimes quick open shots. So pace is a unique number in basketball, like pace, you know, shots per, you know, 40 minutes, things like that. Like you wouldn't look at Iowa state and say their numbers, like they're a, a slow paced team at the same time, like they're not a break net, like get it out, sprint it down, play fast kind of team. Right. And so, you know, I, I, I think, you know, the, the crazy part was, I don't know if people realize how fast Jamie Asbury was like, yeah. End line to end line, Jamie was super fast, but she didn't always play fast, right. you know, like it wasn't. And so, um, you know, I thought when Danae guarded her, she kept up really well. That was kind of the, you know, Iowa State played us in a triangle in two, all three games. Um, and, and Danae's matchup was Jamie most of the time. And so I thought she did a good job, you know, kind of keeping up with her and staying pretty attached. So, um that's a TBD. I, I, you know, I always think about, you know, there's, there's like, Hey, we clock you at X speed. Um, but you know, how, how committed are you to running all the time? That's the difference. Like, you know, queen and Caitlin, when they used to run, like queen was the fastest player on our team. Like it just end to end, she was the fastest. But when you think about the difference between her speed and Caitlin's speed, it was like almost inconsequential. Like when you think about the game of basketball and then who's going to consistently, when the ball comes off the rim, going to run the other direction. Right. Right. You know? And so it's, it's about um, changing from offense to defense or defense to offense. How, how quickly do you do it and how, um, how much do you compete doing it? So I wouldn't say she's not fast. I just don't know that I would say right now, like, Ooh, she's going to be, our second fastest player, you know, or, or something like that. So I, I can, I can share that at a later date when I have better true <laughs> numbers on that analytics on, on her speed. Yep. All right. I'll ask a few more here. Sikkim, Kentucky, what's your Whataburger order? Any favorites at Whataburger? Okay. So I'm going to full transparency. I've never had Whataburger, so <laughs> I don't have, I have zero answer and I'm not even going to make one up because it'll sound worse than then just telling the truth. Like I don't eat a Whataburger either. I'm not really a burger girl. So <laughs> that's not a Whataburger thing or a in and out. Like I don't, I don't have a favorite or not a favorite. I just don't usually eat hamburgers. Burgers. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Billy, uh, 21. Uh, this is, um, how are you going to utilize your remaining scholarships? So, so are you, you're pretty comfortable. I, I think you've talked about this before, maybe on the last year's podcast, but like is, is 12 or 13 kind of a comfortable number for you? I mean, do you, you just not feel the need to go to the scholarship limit? I do not feel the need to go there. I think that um, it's hard to keep 13 happy, let alone 15. <laughs> right. Um, I, you know, I think you always want to protect a scholarship for a potential mid-year transfer. And even though that's maybe going to be less likely to happen with the new portal windows and rules, um, doesn't mean you don't have a kid that 
potentially once, I mean, we're starting to see mid-year enrollees, kids foregoing the last semester of their high school. I mean, there's just, there's just kind of all these unique things going on where I just always like to have freedom of not being like, Hey, we're at the limit, right. you know? And, and then, you know, really trying to keep everybody happy. I think that's, that's a challenge. Now, would we have got, would we go to 14 or 15 with, if, if the right people popped up? Yeah. I'm not going to say, you know, we aren't going to do something that makes our team better, gives us a best chance to win. Um, but I also like to protect, um, you know, there, you, you can over recruit. If you over recruit, then you're going to lose them. And so, you know, it's, it's that, it's that delicate balance now of, of what, of balancing, you know, high school recruiting and portal recruiting and, and, you know, it's, it's, it really is a challenge because you want to build around your young players and, but it's, it's hard. And, you know, you, you see how teams can transform in one year with the portal. So, you know, if you're, if, if you're stuck to your guns, like of developing young kids all the time, like you may, you may stay young and then, and then someone's going to recruit your young kids, you know? So it, it's a, it, it's a little crazy out there, like trying to figure out that balance. But um, I think 13 is a good number. I thought it was, I thought we were going to struggle with it this past year. And then with our injuries and Dre not being eligible and, you know, Kendra and, you know, all of a sudden we were literally in the same situation right. that we were in the year before, you right. know? So it's, it's kind of amazing how you can feel like, oh my gosh, you know, we have two full teams and subs and, and then before you know it, like you don't even have, you can't even play five on five Yeah. when yeah. your practice squad isn't there. So they're there. It's tough. And sometimes that's just bad luck. Yeah. You know, you've had, <laughs> you've had bad luck. Let's call it like it is the, the first two <laughs> years. Um, all right. So this is D cheetah has a lot of questions and I'm sorry that I'm not going to be able to get to them all, but uh, let's, let's ask about scheduling. Um, any nuggets you can share as far as, do we have anybody coming uh, to, I guess it would be the Farrell non-conference and then Foster for conference, hopefully. Um, any Anybody exciting from a non-conference uh, standpoint coming into Waco next year? Um, You know, I, I don't think we have all our signed contracts done, but, um, you know, we're going to um, – we are playing in the, the preseason WNIT, and so that will bring um, – you know, you, you can't predict um, – you know, you, you got to win the games to, to, to get to the championship. But I think Utah um, is going to be in that. And you're talking about um, a top 10 team, potentially top five um, to start the season. Um, you know, we're going to, we've, we, we're going to play a PAC 12 team, start a home and home with a PAC 12 team. Um, but until we have a signed contract, don't want to, give too much up with that. And, and, um, you know, we're, we're still working on, um, you know, we, we've still got returns to SMU. And, um, so our schedule is, is going to be challenging. I probably over scheduled last year. Um, so slightly nervous, um, you know, about that. And so trying to be careful and at the same time, like, you know, not wanting to pass on really good opportunities for this team to, to grow and, and, uh, so, um, I think people will be, uh, I, I don't, it's funny last year. I don't think people understood how good our, our non-conference schedule was. And then all of a sudden you realize how good Villanova, yeah. Michigan, even air force, 
um, wasn't a bad team, but, you know, we, we ended up playing St. Louis who seemed like the worst team in the Gulf coast showcase. And then they went on to win the a 10, you know? And so, you know, we, we had a really, really good schedule, even though it didn't seem like it was filled with huge names. Um, you know, I, I think our schedule put us in a really good position relative to even our seed, um, you know, with the number of losses we had. Yeah, no question. All right, hey, Chork, uh, any chance that Bickle ends up on the coaching staff? You know, I think Bickle's got the um, someday. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I also think, you know, she – two things that, that she's excited by. Um, one, she has, like – she's a very meticulous organizer. So, you know, she did an internship um, with us last summer with, with Michael and Micah you know, from an operations perspective, I think she has a little bit more interest on the organizational side of sports than she does necessarily on the coaching. Um, but I also think like her, her making it to that very final cut and having such a good experience in training camp, um, in Connecticut, I think that's got her like in this, I want to play a little bit longer mode, you know, which I'm excited for her because you know, when, when, when I inherited her a couple of years ago, I don't think she was that excited by basketball. You know, I think she, and I think, you know, kind of her success individually um, over the last couple of years has kind of given her the itch, like, Hey, I'm, I'm maybe I am a little better at this. And then, you know, being um, as productive as she was with the sun, um, you know, I see her tweeting about the WNBA and the sun all the time. And it's just like, she's got, it's, it's really fun as a coach to see her have that itch and that joy and that love for the game. And so, um, you know, I think she's going to pursue um, the international basketball route, but, but someday, you know, but I, I can tell you she's, she's a little more operationally driven and, and probably could have had an operations job, um, you know, right out of the gate if, if she didn't want to play right now. Hey, awesome stuff, Nikki. You gave me way too much time. I really appreciate it. I know the fans will love this. And uh, we're all in your corner. Um, thank you for, you know, two, two, you know, tougher years just from an injury standpoint. But uh, hopefully you're catching your groove. And, and uh, I know we're really excited about the roster and the, and the future of Baylor basketball under your leadership. So uh, thank you. And I hope you have a great summer. Thank you. Appreciate right. you. Yeah, all right, take care. Bye.